0: Namaste. My name is Neelima. Welcome to Reflections Along the Way podcast, where you will be listening to reflections from learnings and experiences along my life's journey. So understanding what we have about the effects of these vasanas or the innate urges that we have on our minds and on our actions eventually, it's very clear that for us to have a calm, peaceful and a happy mind... We need to exhaust these vasanas. Whether the vasanas are good, bad, righteous, sinful, it doesn't matter. As long as we are being driven by these vasanas, we are still not free. Imagine yourself bound by a chain. The chain could be made by gold or it could be made by rusted iron. Does it make a difference? You are still bound by the chain, right? Right. So the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of the uh, most important uh, scriptures of Hinduism, it presents us with a method of eliminating these vasanas while we continue to live our normal lives. Earning a living, going to school, being uh, in the midst of the family, raising a family... It's not like you have to go somewhere into the caves and meditate. We can do that while living our normal lives. It's so simple that generally it escapes our recognition because of its simplicity. We are in the you know, in the midst of all these activities going on around us, our immediate demands are so powerful. That we have no chance to see the obvious elements of the laws that govern our actions. So as we've studied before, vasanas are nothing but the unmanifested tendencies. And once they manifest, they become our personality. And that personality drives our activities in the world. So when these vasanas are manifested at the thought level then they become desires. Like it comes as thoughts such as, I like this, I want this. And these desires drive our actions. Because when we really want something, then we work towards making that happen, right? So thus we can say that vasanas in their manifest gross form create our lives. If there are no vasanas, then there are no desires. And if there are no desires, then there are no desire-prompted activities. Once we reach that desireless state, then we are awakened to that plane of pure awareness, pure consciousness. And we realize our identity with the supreme reality, which is our own higher self. If we set our goal... To be that realization of the self. Then we will reach that destination only when we exhaust every one of our vasanas. So when are vasanas created actually? So vasanas are created when the body, mind and intellect uh, come into contact with the field of its play in the world. Right? Right? Since the vasanas were developed during these transactions with the world, then they can also be ended during the contacts with the same world, right? And not like by some like, you know, in an isolated cave in the Himalayas. Even if we are in the cave, in the mountains or deep underneath the ocean, the, the vasanas can still remain with us. And if those fasteners are for drinks or objects of desire, for money, uh, for getting fame, then at least if we are in this world, then we can at least express them. If we are not in, the, in this world and if we isolate ourselves and go into the cave, then we can't even do that. And we'll only suffer from suppressing all those desires. So suppression is not a method to reach spiritual heights. So we will have to exhaust our vastness where we have developed them. So in order to do that, all spiritual uh, disciplines provide methods for disciplining our equipments due to which we have created these vasanas. So we use the same equipment, the body, mind and intellect equipment, In such a way that these vasanas that exist can be exhausted through our activities and no new ones are created. So what all the textbooks of Vedanta teach us is that whenever we act in the outer world with egocentric, selfish desires, then those activities leave strong impressions in our minds which make us want to repeat that action again and again and again. So for example, we have a cup of coffee every morning, right? And then if we have it with this attitude that I am enjoying it, I like it, I want to have it, Then we develop this habit of drinking coffee every morning and if we don't have coffee even one day for some reason, then that whole day seems unproductive, right? And then this habit may even become like every afternoon, every evening, so on and on. In a similar way, if the same I am enjoying attitude is developed when drinking uh, alcohol, Then one finds themselves developing this habit of drinking at every opportunity they get, right? And this same alcohol sometimes is prescribed as medicine for some people, right? Sometimes they're asked to take that for a few weeks. And if that same person is drinking that alcohol for a few weeks, they don't develop this habit of drinking because. That person has consumed that alcohol only for health reasons. It's not for enjoyment. It's not with the feeling of that I am enjoying. So that impression is not made for them to repeat that action after it's not needed. An act or an action by itself will not leave an impression in us. But all selfish, ego-centered acts which are prompted by Desire gratification. They generate a fresh growth of vastness. And when these eco-centered thoughts, they flow toward a certain object and you have these continuous thoughts flowing toward the same object, then that becomes an attachment. We form an attachment to that object of desire. Thus all our attachments in this world they are only because of our continuous thoughts towards those objects that we feel that attachment for and when this attachment increases in its force or flow like when we keep on thinking about that object right that that's what creates this desire to possess that object of our attachment and this desire is also called karma in sanskrit When that desire is not fulfilled, then it turns into anger, krodha. We get angry if we don't get any objects that we want and we love and like, right? And when that krodha or anger happens, then we are clouded in our judgment and reasoning. That's what results in delusion, moha. And under the spell of this delusion or moha, we see things as they're not because the perceptions become false. We are clouded by our anger. Our judgments are wrong. We are confused. The mind is diluted. It's uh, and the diluted mind loses its memory to kind of discriminate properly. Therefore, the result of that particular feeling in the mind is that our actions are uncontrolled and wild and unwise. And that happens because of this delusion that comes in the mind, which makes us lose all these memories, which have all this knowledge. But it's not available to us because the mind is so consumed with anger. And with this loss of memory then our power of discrimination also is lost so our buddhi is lost so something which started like as a simple like you know uh, thought and then it becomes a stream of sensuous thoughts toward an object and then it becomes a terrifying sequence of moods in the mind that results in total lack of self-control and then that is total disaster So if we look at the flow, attachment causes desire and desire is a cause of anger when we don't get that object of desire, right? When we don't possess that object of desire and anger causes delusion of the mind. Delusion causes loss of memory, which is a storehouse of knowledge. And this causes loss of discrimination, And this causes total lack of self-control and results in disastrous actions. In contrast to that, whenever we act in such a way that it is not centered in the ego, but it is centered in a higher goal, higher ideal, then the contacts of the outer world become a source for us to be able to exhaust our vasanas. And when these vasanas are completely exhausted, our mind becomes calm and peaceful, quiet. And the quieter the mind is, the greater the peace and happiness that we experience. In the Gita, it's mentioned as follows in chapter 3 verse 19. Therefore, do you always without attachment perform action that should be done For by performing action without attachment, man reaches the supreme. Thank you for listening to today's reflections. If you'd like to connect with me, please visit bluishmuse.com. Until next time, Namaste.